Welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. My name is Gio, and I'm joined by Just Johnny. Look at Just Johnny. He's he's got a he's got a shirt as old as time itself. It's falling apart. It's faded. Good lord. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you, you doing? You doing good? All right. Well, um, it's it's been a while. We did we did miss a week. We apologize about that. Uh, but if this is your first time listening to the show, this is the show from Switch RPG where we bring you the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. This week, we are talking about the, the not the upcoming Mini Direct, because that's what's written here. Someone didn't do that. <laughs> Remove that. But we're going to give our impressions of the third-party Mini Direct. And we, we got tons of news, a lot of different stuff going on um, in the world of Nintendo Switch RPGs. But before that, don't forget to visit our website, switchrpg.com. Visit our Twitter accounts, twitter.com slash switchrpg. It's all right there. Um, Discord is discord.switchrpg. All of that is much appreciated, as well as our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash switchrpg. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on everywhere. Johnny, what are you playing? So happy that you asked. I've been playing oh, so much <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I finished some more games. So, uh, let's start with what's not on the Switch. Titanfall 2. You still... I finished that. Oh, you finished it. Okay. I finished it. And it is real good. Campaign, like most typical first-person shooters, pretty short. Uh, but real good. Nice. Uh, the story's silly, but it's, it's just a really good romp experience. The ending was kind of like easy mode when they give you that one-shot kill thing and... That was just, it was kind of like a victory lap kind of thing. Uh, but it was uh, fun th- through and through. I tried a little bit of the multiplayer afterwards. And, and uh, it's just, it's nice and all that. It's just not my, it's not my cup of tea. Is anyone playing or like, were you oh, yeah. like, okay, right. good. Okay. Yeah, there was a lot of people playing. It's just, man, the UI, when, when they do, when there's multiplayer games out there and they do their UI and because, and it's, Typically, a fault of multiplayer games or games with multiplayer that also have like cosmetic purchasable store stuff. Yep. Their UIs are just sensory overload right. like crazy. It is terrible. Yeah, it just looks, it looks hideous, right? It's just, it's sensory overload. It's like a poor first, uh, first time experience. First-time user experience. It's right. just bad, really, really bad. And I got in there, I looked at stuff, and there, there's a lot of options I get. There's a lot of customization stuff like that. But oh man, I hate that stuff. And you know, this, this is not the only game that does this. No, there's right. Tons of games that do this all the time, and every single time they do this, they get it wrong, so mm-hmm. wrong. And I get that they want to do their microtransaction stuff, but there's games that do it so right, and then there's a whole lot that get it. So so wrong. It just it makes the one of them. it makes the game feel like an ad, right? It just makes like <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It, just it, it, it goes out of its way to tell you like, oh yeah, you're not great because you don't have all these great things. Right, right, right. Uh, it's 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 a bad and once again sensory overload. So I don't even know like which options I need to 
go into and it's just throwing all the menus at me and stuff like that. Anyway, great game. Uh, and that's it. I'm not going to play any more of the game. I tried a little bit of the multiplayer and I'm, I'm done with it. Uh, mm. I, that would be a, such a great game to bring to the Switch, though. I would love for that game to come to the Switch. I'd have to pare it down a bit uh, graphically, but man, solid, solid game. Yeah, I think the, game, the gameplay, even in the original, the first one, was pretty decent. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was kind of fun. Yeah, it's real good, real good. I also beat uh, Spectre Knight in the Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. Okay. So I beat that one. Also fantastic. The story goes into, like, crazy land at the end. It's just, <laughs> it's just silly, and it didn't even make sense. And, and I know what they're trying to do, but they didn't connect the dots very well. So it just felt ham-fisted storyline-wise. But gameplay-wise, it was real good. It's okay. just Spectre Knight is pretty much as good of an experience as Shovel Knight. Uh, there's still two other nights I need to get through, but uh, yeah, Spectre Knight was real good. Nice. Uh, and then I played a lot of... Oh, before I get into that one, um, also not on Switch, uh, Resident Evil 7. I'm getting very close to the end on that. Very, very close, so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I'm going to be beating that pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the last game I worked on a whole lot was Kingdoms New Lands on the Switch. Okay. And it's that game where you kind of just go left or go right and then you throw money at people and then they do stuff <laughs> and they they do things they build stuff they they build your kingdom i'm actually and then, i had yep. never i had never heard of this game and i'm actually looking at it right now it reminds me of another game you mentioned that you played is yes your grace it looks kind of maybe a little bit like that maybe uh, maybe graphically, it, it's yeah, still okay. it plays very different because Yester Grace is more about making decisions and yep. less about real time stuff to pay attention to. Yester gotcha. Grace is it's not turn based, but it but it it waits for you. Whereas um, Kingdoms New Lands, during there's a day night cycle and it's always happening, so time is always progressing from day into night, yep. and at night. Most of the time, there's waves of enemies coming after you. So you gotta during the day you gotta build up your defenses and, and recruit people, uh, more people to your little campfire settlement area. Uh, you gotta build up the walls. You gotta make sure you have archers and catapults and stuff like that in order to defend against these waves. Uh, in the meantime. The it's it's very level based. So you arrive on like this small ish level, um, and there is a wrecked ship in that level, and then you gotta throw money at the wrecked ship to have your hammer people go up to it and hammer together the ship, and after you throw an exuberant amount of money at the ship, it's now built, and then you gotta have some of your peasant people climb on top of the ship and very, very, very slowly progress to a side of the map that has the port. It's all procedurally generated. Oh, okay. So you gotta... Unfortunately, when the game when the game's difficulty really ramps up, you gotta, like, save scum a whole lot. You gotta just, like, completely, like, roll, re-roll, like, play out your first day see how the lay of the land is, and if you didn't get a good roll 
of randomly generated land, Start then you got to reroll. And uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like an RTS mixed with a build your kingdom style thing mixed with uh, tower defense. Interesting. It's it's real cool. I liked it up until I very quickly hit the difficulty wall, and then it's really just it's a very simple game because you only get you can only move left or right. Yep. You can gallop with your horse momentarily, and then you can throw money at stuff. That's all you do. So by throwing your money at stuff, you're kind of picking and choosing how the the decisions you make on like do you want someone to pick up a tool to sort of construct stuff or do you want someone to pick up the bow to shoot at stuff mm-hmm. and and then there's one other class of characters uh or worker whatever minions that you can get which is the scythe people the farmers right. so you get farmers builders and archers and that's pretty much it and then everything else kind of centers around that it's kind of, it's a very basic game that's kind of the fault of it yeah it's very basic and it's so basic to the point where you kind of know what the optimal build is, and each level that's thrown at you is just really a difficulty barrier to get over without giving you like more thought as to how you kind of need to progress. Mm-hmm. All it does with each, each progressing difficulty is remove more training wheel type stuff. The biggest problem, and I don't think they balance this correctly, is that when you beat one level, you sail away on your ship, and whoever's on that ship is your start off, uh, is your sort of starting resources for the next level. Okay. Which is a huge boon. But if you fail, it is. Yeah, because you get, typically you only have two people when you start a level. But if you have this ship, you're going to start off with like 8 or 10 or something like that. And you're going to start off with a chunk of gold. And those people that you have, that you start off with, they're all going to have, you're going to have like some archers and some um, some uh, carpenter, whatever, hammer people. And you hammer, might have some armor. Hammer people? <laughs> hammer people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The workers, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but if you fail, and I failed that, and it wasn't because I was doing bad. I failed it. I was actually going to win it. And I accidentally ran into some enemies. Some enemies spawned in a way. And it, it, it's some of, some of the procedural stuff. Yeah. It spawned in a way that caused my character to, to get killed. And there was nothing I could do about it. So I had to restart that level. And restarting the level didn't start me with those bonuses that carried over. Oh no! So I, instead of starting off with like you know ten workers and a bunch of gold, I start off with two and no gold. So it was uh, like, it's like I have to beat the prior level to then replay that level, and it takes a while. And I'm done with the game. I didn't. I'm not gonna beat it. Okay. Because it's just at it this might... point, like I got the full game, and it's not giving me any any new gameplay stuff. It's right. just removing gameplay stuff to make it harder for me. That's all it's doing. It's not offering me anything new uh, to to consider. I'm not getting any new characters to or character types to throw money at or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm done with the game. Uh, it is a cheap game, but I would actually recommend people don't get it. It's a I think it's fi- I just looked at it. It's fifteen dollars on the eShop right now, not on sale. So I it doesn't matter how much 
it's being offered for, it's just not worth the time. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. That's too bad. Un unfortunately. Yeah, that's too bad. It is kind of relaxing, though. So okay. maybe if you're into, like, playing a relaxing kind of game, a, a very slow-paced, relaxing game, then maybe it's up for... Maybe, maybe you might be interested in it on mm. a... for full price, even. But it's not my kind of game. It is my kind of game until I realized that it's my kind of game that was very poorly executed. Yeah, I would have loved this game. There were just some missing steps, right? Is is that what you kind of mean? Yeah. It's balance issues. It's it's overly simplified to a fault. There, yeah, there, there's problems with it. Hmm. Okay. So that that's what I've been playing. So what, what I've been, been playing? Wait, no, I I you didn't you never asked me you never asked me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm still in the outer worlds. I've been kind of trickling at that game because I'm kind of waiting for. Um, is it, I think it's Private Division who's developing, or is it Private Division? No. Shoot, who's, uh, Virtual well, Studios. I was just about to say, it starts with a V. Yeah, Virtual Studios. So, I'm still kind of waiting for the patch, right? They said they, they, they're working on something. I, I'm very interested in seeing what they are going to implement. Are they going to implement, um, graphical upgrades? Are they going to implement the loading time? Loading times can be... 45 seconds to like 60 seconds like it can be that long like for the let's plays that i do i cut those out right so um but yeah they're they're long and there are some times where you're just kind of just the quest will take you in between those loading corridors and you're waiting there for quite a quite a while um and, and there are some silly like the pop-ins things things like that i'm just really interested in in what they're gonna provide um, they're, they're not going to speed up the loading times. No way. And and you know what? I'm okay with that if everything else gets improved upon. You know, um, you know if if the graphics are uh, you know a little bit above standard, I guess. And um, you know if there are other like the pop in is can get really bad, especially with the enemy pop in. Yep. Um. So yeah, I, I'm just really interested in in, in what they're going to be doing. I just I think for right now they're they're just saying they're they're working on it. They haven't even submitted it to Nintendo as far as I know. Um but yeah, it needs something. And I want to I want to see what it is before I complete the game. I think I'm I'm still I'm hovering around 50-60% completion on that. So like hurry up. <laughs> Please. So you see so just have it on hold until the patch comes out. I'm I'm stalling it, so I'm playing yeah. it kind of sparingly. I have it. I I'm not completely stopped on it because I don't want to get back into it and just be like, all right, how do I jump? <laughs> like, how do I do this? How do I do that? Yeah. I I want to be able to you know know how to play it. Uh, and, pl and plus, you've already beaten the game before, so when the patch comes out, you can very easily beeline towards the stuff they want to do before beating it. Yeah, and I'm doing some side questing. I'm doing a little bit of stuff that's a little different than my previous playthrough, because otherwise it would just kind of be, um, you know, monotonous for me. So I am doing some, it's a different playstyle, number one, and then also I'm doing those side quests. Um, I'm also doing different factions, thing, things of that nature. Uh, so, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing some different stuff to try and keep it, you know, exciting for me, you know? Um, but I'm also playing Xenoblade Chronicles. That is at a crawl right now. Um, I'm still, I don't even know where I'm at right now with that game, to be honest. I, I, I put, I set it aside. 
just kind of life in general just kind of caught up with me. So I just aim on you. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff, and I, I and I gotta be honest, it's not catching me like Xenoblade Chronicles Two did. I, mm-hmm. I I don't know I don't know why. I don't know what it is. It, it's not like it, it's a it's an ugly game. It's none of that. It's actually a really good game. Um, I don't I I I think the my biggest issue with it, and I've mentioned it many times, is is the combat. And you said maybe I just need to reorder my arts and, and just kind of have that flow, maybe flow a little bit better. But I really think they missed out by not having the 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 triggers or whatever uh, to kind of move those arts and just that way. So yeah, I'm not stopping and going, stopping and going every every battle. Um, but anyways, I, I maybe that's a little bit of what's going on with that game, but. That that game is on hold. Again, I don't know what that, it is. I, I do think that Xenoblade 2 has a better opener than the original Xenoblade. Okay. Uh, better, not better for story. I just think it's it eases... I think Xenoblade 2 is like one of the best ways to ease players into a very nuanced, uh, but yet engaging from the start kind of combat system and game flow I, I think xenoblade 2 just like really nailed it trying to ease the player into it whereas xenoblade 1 uh they give you that little opening thing and then all of a sudden they kind of throw like the big open world stuff at you mm-hmm. right off rip and whereas xenoblade 2 they didn't give you the open world stuff until after the major sort of setup of the story right kind of takes takes hold when you finally rendezvous with Pyra and all that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not totally sold on a lot of the side quests. I know they're, 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 they're limitless, right? There's so many of them, but they're meaningless as well. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not giving up on it, all right? I, I... As, as most side quests are in all games ever, well, they are meaningless. No, I mean, Witcher, I always go back to Witcher 3. Uh, as sure. well as well as Divinity Original Sin Two, side quests are can be meaningful, and they add a and they can have quite a bit of like narrative to it as well. Not yeah, they, not they saying can. they're not saying they're like weighty in terms of the main story, which they can be, but they ha- right. they're interesting, you know. Yeah, yeah, they can be. I I would actually say that a lot of the the Fallout Elder Scroll side quests mm-hmm. is actually way better. Then that that's to me that's my prime example of like side quests that could be done really good and better than what the main quest line ever attempts to achieve. So. Right, right. So like I said, I haven't given up on it. It's just kind of set aside right now. I got other other games going on um, for for a change. I am playing Arafel Enhanced Edition. It was on sale. Uh, I want to say it was like ten, eleven bucks. I figured you know why not give it a shot. A lot of people. I've talked about it, they seem to like it, so I'm playing that now, and I I really didn't know what to expect, right? I knew that it was initially stemmed from an RPG maker, right? Uh, but it's got a lot of customized tile sets, it's a, it's a little more advanced, right? They've... they've, they've... It's, it's definitely more advanced, yeah, yeah than, it, than it's... typical RPG maker stuff. But that's what I was kind of expecting. I was like, all right, typical, this is a Chemco game. Like, I'm just going to play a Chemco game and just, here we go. But I I, I, I was really surprised by it. I was, a, I was surprised by all the customized tile sets. I was surprised by the kind of crafting system, kind of like the smaller 
detailed type of stuff that's in there. And again, because because of what I was expecting, right? I was expecting this RPG maker uh, type of thing, and it's just it's much much more than that. And I don't know you played it and you had some issues with it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not. I don't know if I'm at that point yet. Um, I think you had some issues with kind of um either quest pointing or kind of uh not narrative but kind of just puzzle. direction um and you had an yeah. issue with some of the puzzles uh so lack of explanation on things to do right or where to go um, i i think it was something like uh it was one of those tropes those old school game gaming bad tropes where where they kind of expect you to just it's sort of like it's a secret to everyone except for you kind of thing where you just don't know and you have to like randomly brute force your way through the solution because they don't explain to you at all how to achieve it. And I think that's what happened with me. And yeah. I I just put down a control. I'm like, nope, sorry. There, <laughs> You're already teeter-tottering on, on worth my timeness. Right. Now you're just there, worth. there was a secret or... Um... Like I think I got like some sort of relic because I accomplished something. Um, it was it was locked behind um a puzzle, right? And yep. I think there were three switches all like in a line, and I somehow got it on the first shot. I had no idea how to even solve solve it at all. I just actually just did it, and I I think that's kind of what you're talking about. But this wasn't. Was that the one in the cave? I th I think so, but this yeah, wasn't done to advance. I don't. I, yeah, I don't remember if this was done. I thought it was to get a relic. I'm. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But um, I I don't know if it was to kind of advance the the game at all. Uh, but yeah. you're right. There was you're, no you're, there there was no explanation as to what to do there. Yeah, but it, it wasn't that that caused me to tap out though. So I tapped out probably a little bit further. Okay. Ahead than where you are. Yeah. Did, did the stone stuff happen yet? I don't know what you're talking about. Did you did you go to the uh, the archery? Yep. Tournament thing. Yep. Yep. I did that. All right. So you did the tournament thing. After that happens, uh, did you go back to town? Yes. Did people turn to stone? Yes. <laughs> That's the stoning. Okay. All right. I I wasn't okay. sure where you're going with this. Okay. Are you? You're probably right around that point. Um, are you? A I might ahead even. Of that? I might even be ahead of that. To be honest with you. Did you go through? There's like these uh, mines that <laughs> that are worked by the people. They're that, they're going that, in there. And that's ex that's exactly where I'm at. Okay. Uh, you're very close to the point where I. Uh, you where I tapped out. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see where it goes. Um, I do. I'm hoping to complete the game, so we'll see where it happens. Um, another game I'm playing, I am playing um, the game that Nintendo, their their last game of this year, uh, Paper Mario Origami King. <laughs> um, they got games lined up for next year, though. Not Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> not Nintendo published. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, Paper Mario Origami King. Now, as you know, um, and as many other people may or may not know, my Paper Mario experience is basically Color Splash. Uh, and not a great entry into the series, uh, but I don't think it's the worst entry in the series. Yeah, and it's it, not bad. Yeah. I, yeah. But I, I would say that other than the, the actual 
battle, right? The actual battle system, battle mechanic, um, relatively the same. You know, you're swapping confetti for ink or ink color. So, I mean, I, I feel like there's this puzzle mechanics in, in both of those games. Um, and they're, they're a little light on the RPG factor, right? So I want to say it's on par with that maybe. Uh, but I will tell you the the writing, the uh, is is on point. Uh, the music, the soundtrack, the score is really really good. The uh, the aesthetic, the environments, all look really good. They look phenomenal. Yeah. You know they have that kind of crafted Yoshi's crafted world type of look. They have that crafted paper uh, feel. You know you can see all the creases in the paper and everything. Um, I will say that the finding of toads can be a little uh, cumbersome. They're just they're just everywhere. Uh, they're they're just really really everywhere. Um, going back to the battle system, there there are two battle systems, right? There's the regular combat um, where Mar is in the middle, right, and you have to rotate the rings. I think I think at this point everyone's seen the battle system. And for the most part, it's fairly straightforward. Um, kind of, I think, kind of, kind of dull to be honest with you. Uh, no, but yeah, kind of dull. Uh, but it gets it gets the point across. Um, and and I don't want every combat to feel like a, an epic adventure. Do you know what I mean? But again, it's kind of dull, kind of kind of uh, monotonous, you know. Um, but the boss battles, um, I will say, are the most. They they are really really good. And I wish there was a little bit of that in some of the regular battles. Now, I'm only... I've, I've, I've advanced past the first boss. So I'm a little bit... I'm not, I'm not even halfway through. So maybe things may change. You know, maybe things will change. I'm not sure. But the, the boss battles are really, really interesting. Because, again, Mario's on the outside. And you still have the, the rings... But on the rings, there are arrows where that's the only way Mario can go. And you have to organize these rings in a way to attack the boss. And these boss have these bosses have kind of weak points where you need to target. But again, along the path, there are different items that are on the on these rings, whether they be hearts, whether they be information. Um, they're, they're, they're just scattered with items that you can kind of potentially try and get if you if you're creative and if you not looking at the time, the time limit, because all these are timed, which is really bothers me. Um, but that that sort of mechanic is really, really interesting, and it and it made for great, great gameplay. It make it, there was a lot of strategy involved in that, and and I wish that they could maybe input maybe implemented that in some of the regular combat. But I will say though, I may not be the target audience for this. My son. Who's se seven? Is he seven? Oh boy, seven. He's seven. <laughs> um, he's gonna be. He's gonna be seven. Uh, it's his birthday coming up in like I don't know, like four or five days. Give me a freaking break. It's that time where like, all right, is he six, seven? I don't, I don't. Whatever. Anyway, um, he is having a great, great time with this game. Yeah. And, and he and he's progressing. And I thought for certain that uh the kind of the ring battles was really gonna get to him and he had no issues and in fact he got further ahead than i did 
because we only have one copy, right? And he got, he's actually, I think, at the second boss. So he's further ahead. And I thought the boss battles, I thought they were difficult at first, right? And he's, he's like, Dad, I just, I just beat the, sec the second boss. I'm like, whoa, wow. He's actually impressed me by that. Um, so, I, again, I think that I'm not the target audience for it. It's definitely a younger, younger audience. And we've said this before, the uh, Mario, Luigi, kind of the, that RPG, and the Paper Mario, where, you know, where that split was. Yeah. Mario Luigi's is it Superstar Saga? Is that what it is? Well, that's the first one. They they did like the Bowser Inside Story. Yeah, so that that split needs to like we we need our RPG back. I think. Yeah, yeah. It need, it needs to be the the real full fledged RPG experience that yeah. you know started from Super Mario RPG mm -hmm. got improved upon in Paper Mario the first one. And then got mastered in Thousand Year Door. Right. And then ever since then, it's been just a downward spiral. And don't get me wrong. The Mario and Luigi games are actually really good. Mm -hmm. They are really good. But they were, they were a step back, complexity-wise, right. from the yeah. other ones. They, they also were unique in that you were controlling Mario and Luigi with two different <clears throat> uh, buttons. And that became its own mechanic. And then I think Partners in Time... You had Mario, Luigi, and I think Baby Mario and Baby Luigi controlling. So you had you controlled all of them with like four buttons or something like that. It's been a while since I've played uh, the Mario and Luigi uh, games, but you know those were interesting. Those went kind of heavy on the comedy side. There was so much overlap, though. Yeah. So much overlap between Mario and Luigi and Paper Mario pre uh, Super Paper Mario. That's that's why they start to deviate heavily during Super Paper Mario, and then they kind of found their strut, whatever, during Sticker Star. Maybe they're still testing in Sticker Star. Then they refined that experience with Color Splash. Yeah, they're they're definitely on that same path. There, it doesn't look like they're yeah. going back to the RPG thing. I will say though that, that obviously there is no there's no level ups or anything of that nature. You use a lot of the coins, and man, there are just tons of coins and confetti. There's there's no lack of coins and confetti. I've never had a problem where you can use the coins in battle or the confetti to cover up some holes. Never a shortage of it. In fact, I think it's probably a bit too much. Um, but um, I, I you can you can on. improve yourself though, right? So it's mm -hmm. yes, it's not experience, but you are finding ways to improve your stats. Yeah, so you would use the yeah you would use right you would use the coins or you could find items again there it's kind of a collectathon but there are items in the world that if you want to try and find then it'll increase your health pool uh, increase your strength kind of things like yeah. that like different weapons different um I think they're just called items uh, that you can kind of have with you um, yeah and, and sometimes you have to use the confetti in order to get access to a part of the world that has the whatever max health increase or whatever mm -hmm. and the yeah. confetti you can get during combat or you can get just by ex exploring the world it seems like yeah there, there's multiple pillars that hold up like a, an rpg experience battle is one of them and exploration is another one and it seems like they kind of ignored battle or or very much simplified battle but like went heavy on exploration 
Yeah, they definitely went heavy on exploration. I mean, the battles, you know, they're there, right? Um, I would, I would almost say that the coins are like your experience points, so you can spend yeah. those experience points. Uh, and just the like, confetti. Well, you can't spend confetti, but you can. No, use I know, it. I know. But the confetti is used <clears throat> to access to gain access to other parts of the world, or or lead to it can lead to actual new items or things that lead to permanent increases right, right so right. in a sense and in you know roundabout way it is a form of experience because you do get confetti at the end of combat right confetti and coins yeah. um so yeah I, I think if you if you wanted to uh say that the coins are kind of your experience points you could yeah you can make that argument for sure i'd say so, both yeah either way uh, yeah. so yeah, it, it's not quite an RPG and it makes, it makes sense why they never categorized it as that. Well, you... it's still, it's still an RPG, by the way, Twitch categorizes it as an RPG. Nintendo doesn't even classify it Nintendo, as an RPG. They have limited options. No, it, it's definitely, look, it's definitely an RPG. <laughs> it's just not the hardcore no, right. even close to the hardcore, like a good traditional rpg experience but it is still very much an rpg it's just mm -hmm. not the kind that we want it's yeah. it's watered down but that doesn't mean it is anything less than an rpg experience because right. it has it has everything that an rpg has it's just mm -hmm. very watered down and like i said uh, it's, it's yeah. not it's not bad at all it is a decent game uh i would say it's it's if you're wanting a, a, a heavy rpg experience this it's not for you Right. Yeah. If you're expecting a thousand year door, and I think um, for those those of you that are into that game, this is not thousand year door. This is definitely yeah. color splash, stick a star. This is uh, kind of your classic action adventure uh, RPG kind of mechanics in there as well, um, but nothing like thousand year door at all. And, and that's what it was for me. <laughs> I was expecting a return to form, you know, thousand year door experience. The reviews came out. It's at I think right now eighty on mm -hmm. Metacritic and Open Critic right around there eighty or eighty one good game uh, which is which is great territory but it's on like the very bottom of greatness <laughs> and the fact that it's not a return to form it needed to be you know on the high side of great at a minimum for me to get into it right. the reviews be scores came out the reviews themselves came out people explained what it was I looked into it. I am not getting this game, unfortunately. Yep, just it's just not for you, but it is, like I said, it is a good game. It is. It could have been for me. Could have. You, you know what? Maybe, <laughs> I, I don't know. We talked about this so many times with Mario and Luigi. We just did, but, you know, they, yeah. they need to resurrect that somehow, some way. <laughs> anyway, let's get into some new game announcements real quick. So 3D Clouds is 3D Clouds is bringing an action RPG called King of Seas to the Switch. So this is kind of similar to not similar, but uh, what's the, what's that Xbox game that the pirate game there? Uh, sea sea stuff. Sea stuff, yes. Um, stuff. <laughs> so uh, it's it <laughs> I, I don't know, not important enough to remember. Anyways, I was gonna kind of a. Uh, Equatum, but anyway, uh, 3D Clouds today announced today. This was this has been a while, so July 16th. Uh, 3D Clouds today announced that King of Seas is an upcoming action RPG is in the works for the Switch. It'll launch sometime this fall on 
the Nintendo's console. Uh, so it is a, um, again, action RPG game set in a deadly, procedurally generated pirate world. In a ferocious plot, you will fight to regain what has been taken away and embark on an epic adventure in a fantastic world filled with battles, lost islands, and treasures. A universe full of amazing characters, breathtaking missions will keep you anchored as you strive to become the king of all pirates. A lot of a lot of puns in there. Can't stand that. Yeah, I, I think uh, a lawsuit is waiting to happen with this game. Oh my goodness. What do you mean? Because it's so similar to the game we can't remember? No. Uh, I'm looking at some of the cannon towers, and I think Warcraft, uh, Blizzard, is going to be calling them up and being like, hey, why are you stealing our Warcraft right. cannon towers? Because it looks just like the Warcraft cannon towers. Yikes. Oh, all right. I see. It's a double barrel instead of a single barrel. See, Got it. it's different. It, it is different. Um, if but, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's just kind of a pirate fighting game. If that's something you're into, um, I am trying to look up what Sea of Thieves. Thank you. Yeah. See, I was almost there. Yeah. No, you weren't. See something. <laughs> Um, I do like how in Sea of Thieves, though, like you can explore the islands and stuff like that. I don't think that you're gonna be doing that in here. I think for the yeah, most part, like it's only yeah, you're only on the ship, as far as I know. Yeah. All right, that was like we're doing a little bit of catch up here, so bear bear with us. Bear. Then we have oh, I did I I meant to if you. Johnny, if you could, the, the next game on there, find a website for it. Yep. All right, I'm going to move on to the uh, the next game. Uh, Zengen. Zengen launches on the Switch in September. I We did talk about this a little bit, right? Uh, a while you back. You can't this website? I, I'm talking about the one... It's the vampire game. Yeah, I'm, I'm on it. All right, cool. Go, go for it. Do your thing. <laughs> All right, so Zenshin is a uh, it's a really kind of l- interesting looking game. I mean, interesting. I, I mean, I'm into it. All right, so P Cube and Indie League Studio have set a final release date for the Switch version of Zenshin, an anime roguelite. Uh, will be out September 25th, both physically and digitally. Uh, this is available on. Um, I think you can get the physical version at Funstock. And it looks like you got some pre-order bonuses there if you wanted to get it there. Uh, but Zenshin is... is I'm going to look up some video on this, but from what I remember, it was a um, very anime-looking, kind of Diablo-esque style game. And it was very much on on my radar as, as well. Have you, have you seen that one? Uh, let's see... I was busy looking up the other stuff. I didn't have time to look up this oh, Zenshin. I'll... But I will be Please. pulling it up very, very shortly. Well, I appreciate that. This is, like, too colorful. You threw out the Diablo thing in there. I'm not expecting this much color. No, it's it's very much anime, and but with Diablo kind of oh. play style, I guess. Well, their their promo art 
is very different from their in-game art, which is also not what I was expecting. It's slow pace. It's what? It's a little slow paced. Yeah, maybe it's not as frenetic as, uh, as as Diablo, but I don't know. It looks pretty pretty quick. It is it is uh pretty polished um regarding like its UI and its presentation. The numbers look real good. I, I like their their text and their UI elements. Uh it's got uh <laughs> The uh, the Q W E R stuff on what I'm looking at, so I'm probably looking at like the PC stuff. I'm, I'm imagining those are all going to be their own button pushes. Um, <laughs> right. On it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, are I, the characters? I, I I don't. It doesn't look like the characters are leveling up or anything like that. Well, I mean, if you look at the character on the bottom there, it does say level eight. Oh, and... they are. So I, yeah, I, 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 I do think there's some sort of level system. I, I don't know exactly what that entails. Um, I haven't seen any level up situation in there. Um, but yeah. I, I think the, this, I think this will be a good one. Yeah. Well, I think the big thing is whether or not you actually get more abilities as you level up, like your character develops instead right. of just dealing more damage. I, I would, I would certainly hope so. Yeah. All right. Did did you find what it asked you to find? Yes, I did. All right. Do you do you did you put it in our yeah. notes here? Uh, no, I didn't. But I can read it out. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Why don't you give it a read? Cool. Uh, Vampires Fall Origins announced for Switch. Mm. The turn-based open-world RPG from Early Morning Studio has been unveiled for the Switch eShop. Uh, the announcement trailer. Let's see. Or let's see. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Vampires Fall Origins has amassed a dedicated community of players, rising, uh, praising the clever way the game applies classic RPG elements to create a fun, slightly dark-humored role-playing experience that doesn't take itself too seriously. Vampires Fall Origins is a 2D open-world RPG featuring tactical turn-based combat set in the medieval fantasy world. After the malevolent witch master destroys the vampire village, <laughs> I think that's a typo. <laughs> Players wake up as a newly born vampire with a mission to get revenge and halt the dark magic conjurings of the evil foe. The lone hero wanders the vast open world, takes on quests, and encounters a variety of NPCs engaging in entertaining dialogues and snarky comments. That odd, that ad, oh, that ad, tasteful lightheartedness to an otherwise gritty atmosphere. Whether choosing to be on the righteous path or venture with deceit, players face countless enemies and level up their character by unlocking skills and abilities as well as upgrading gear. With more than 50 hours of gameplay, over 250 pieces of weapons and armor, and rich character customization, Vampire's Fall Origins puts a modern vampire-themed twist on the classic RPGs of yesteryear. So that's comes out this fall. This fall, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this one. Uh, I don't. I'm not a fan of the combat animations. I, I think have. I think a 50-hour game 
the length of game does not make a good game, right? It's the quality of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Uh you guys take take a look at it. Vampires Fall Origins. I, I they did mention that there's tactical combat. I don't see that. I don't see because it's it's kind of like your a side a profile, side profile. And I don't see any tactical advantages, right? I don't see any forward line, back line, anything like that that you typically see in a side profile combat style. Well, maybe it's in how you engage, because it has the uh, the top down, that sort of isometric view. Right, the overworld. As you're the, the overworld part as you're exploring it, and maybe where, maybe you can, I don't know. I don't know, based on the trailer, whether you have to run into an enemy to engage in that, or whether they, it randomly, hopefully, doesn't randomly proc right. into a combat. So it doesn't really reveal that. You got a skill tree. I, I don't mind the skill tree. I don't mind the uh, equipment that's kind of, you know, kind of plain Jane type of deal uh, with the equipment, uh, you know, the inventory system, uh, things like that. Um, oh, I we, think the... Maybe. I think the tactical part of it is, it look yeah, tactical battles. Let's see here. Oh, no, never mind. That was just, uh, <laughs> that they, was not tactics. They, they, in the announcement trailer, there is a, a, a heading where it says tactical battle, and I don't see any tactical, it doesn't show anything after that. Yeah, I, I thought it swapped you're able to like swap characters out. It did. It did appear uh, that maybe there was a character swap there. I, I'm not entirely sure, but take a look at it. Maybe it's for you. It's coming out this fall. I don't know what the price point is at at this uh, time, but it it looks bad. I, I'm, I'm gonna not, say it. You don't want to say it. I'll say it. it I I look- I always I I always never I always never say a game looks bad. Right. That's just I don't know what it is. I just. I feel bad. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really just the UI part of it. It it looks like it was put together very poorly mm-hmm. using like low resolution uh, graphical assets, yeah. and then like pieced together so you can you can see the seams where they're where the pieces are overlapping one another so they don't look like it looks like two sprites that are being layered on top of each other that weren't made to blend into that weren't layered onto each other in such a way that they blended perfectly. It don't right? look good. It just don't look good. Yeah. You can see the scene. You can literally see the scenes. You want to, I, I think this next game, I think this is going to be something you're going to like. Ooh. Ooh. Action RPG Gripper coming to the Switch. Switch. Octobox Interactive is currently developing the Action RPG Gripper, and it's coming to the Switch. The developer confirmed plans today to put its upcoming project on Nintendo's console. Here's some information, all right? Gripper is an action RPG on wheels where you tear where you tear singing hearts of your relatives out from bosses, dive deep into the world of machines and the story of human love, forgiveness and betrayal. In Gripper, androids celebrate burning man by burning humans. Uh, that's why all in- inhabitants bear a physical injury of one sort or another. Uh, what, are, what are you laughing for over there? Just uh, the that little press spiel that you're reading out. <laughs> All right. That was, that was a little funny. Um, I'm just going to skip a little bit here. The time to learn how to kill with is running out. Gripper, the prodigal son of Mad Max and Zelda. Action RPG on wheels 
again, why why am I reading the same thing here? It's just repeating it. That's it is. It's weird. <laughs> Anyways, it's a uh, action RPG where you're you're basically you're driving a car, so it's kind of I is it isometric? Uh, I think kind of maybe. Well, it did on the trailer. It did show a segment that was side scroll. Yeah, so, so that kind of threw me off. Yeah, so it looks like maybe Blaster Master, right? So it's kind of got that side profile. Maybe there's a little bit of platforming there, um, but it's very much kind of an isometric, um, and it's very cell shaded. I, I like the aesthetic look of this. It does a lot of comic book splicing where they'll have like the framing um, of the of like drawings and stuff. Uh, there's a lot of good animation work in this. I think I think this is this is gonna be I think this is gonna be a good one. Gripper is currently planned to launch sometime in 2021, so we do have a little bit of time for this, a little bit of time to wait. But I am if, I am definitely uh, digging it. I'm not that big of a fan of the art style. It seems what? it seems odd. Maybe <laughs> it's the video. I, I'm just I'm not digging the art style. It I could be proven wrong. But the gameplay of it is different, mm-hmm. so I could be down with it. Yeah, it, it remind the art style reminds me of Borderlands. That's exactly what I'm looking at. Yeah. Don't mad me. It it it's all over the place. That's that's my big issue with the art style. They have assets that don't. They have conflicting art style all over the place. It looks they have like generic sort of bought from the online asset store no. artwork and then they have uh an art style that looks like it's straight from the people that did like world of goo and then they have the that mad maxi slash borderlands art style so they have like multiple art styles like at odds with one another it looks like they segmented they they they're separating how they're presenting it, so maybe it's tied to like levels or something. It it's definitely a positive or worlds or whatever. Um, who knows? I could be full of it too. You are definitely full of it. All right, moving on. Star Renegades launches in September. Developer Massive Damage and publisher Raw Fury, uh, which some of you may know, have announced that squad-based sci-fi roguelike Star Renegades will launch on Steam and GOG. On September 8th, the game will be available for PC, Mac, and Linux with PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch, which is why we're bringing this up. Uh, versions to follow later in the year. So this is going to be this year, maybe Q4, so maybe in the winter. Star Renegade sees players leading squads of soldiers on missions against the mighty robotic forces of Imperium. The game features a reactive round-based combat system with players able to manipulate timing of enemy attacks to their advantage. Those looking to read more can check out RP Gamer, which is uh, where I'm reading this from. They have an impression, uh, so be sure to check that out, rpgamer.com, of the demo version featuring the game's first two missions. Wow, this game looks good. Oh, wow. I, I still don't know you. It looks real good. <laughs> wow. Star Renegades. It's just graphically super impressive what they're mm-hmm. doing. It's it's like they got pixel art, but it's on a, at the very least, heavily uh, parallaxing engine, but it's probably a uh, you know, 3D 
engine going on because they, they also have some very fantastical lighting effects going on. The UI is nice and crisp and clean. It's dense on at least, I'm looking at like the character level up screen or something like that. That is pretty dense, but ooh, it's looking good. Yeah, the, it's looking the, real good. The pixel art, the art direction in this game is is really really good. Um, I like pixel art that that has those dynamic light effects. I think pixel art with those dynamic lighting effects makes a world of difference. Um, for me, uh, it, it kind of takes what pixel art games like retro pixel art games and it advances on that and i think that advancement with those lighting effects is like is beautiful i think that's that's the way that games should be headed towards right yeah oh wow and uh best of all they got small numbers they have small numbers <laughs> and smallish and mechs I thought that would they be got mech. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, it it like the like you were saying, the environments look really, really good. Uh, everything I looks it looks pretty dang good. I think this is gonna be uh gonna be a good one. Star Renegades. It looks very promising. This is on my the on my pay attention to list. And it's coming to uh, if you're into that sort of stuff, it's coming to Steam before it's coming to anything else, so it's also cool. what September, right? Is I, September just on Steam or September for the Switch? Uh, nope. It's later in the year, so maybe December for the Switch. Uh, September for GOG and Steam. Oh, it's a uh, roguelite. Yeah, I I closed I closed the window, so I'm not sure what anything else is. All, All right. right. Last game announcement. This was announced yesterday. I'm reading this from NintendoLife.com. Turn-based RPG Crown Trick to launch on the Switch this year. Team 17 announced that it'll be bringing Crown Trick, an upcoming RPG roguelike, to the Nintendo Switch later this year. Said to be steep in strategic, synchronous, turn-based gameplay, Crown Trick has been developed by Tencent Games and Next Studios. It's set in a procedurally generated maze-like dungeon where enemies' decisions and actions are only revealed when players make their moves and features hundreds of weapons, skills, and items to mix things up in combat. Are you watching some of that precious yeah. gameplay there? I am. And then? I'm, I'm digging the art style. It's uh, hand-drawn. Type mm -hmm. of stuff. It's also got the old school roguelike, you know, you you take one step, the enemies do their action type of thing. Yeah. Uh, it looks the way it presents itself. It's presenting itself in a way that doesn't overwhelm. It, it's not looking overly complex. Uh, it looks like I can follow what's going on. Uh, some of these take a step roguelikes uh, can get very can present. Present overly over present the amount of numbers that they throw at you, and these numbers mean nothing. Uh, they 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 don't give you just the nitty gritty critical stuff, critical information that you need to know. It they just throw everything in the kitchen sink at you. So that one looks good. I'm I'm impressed by it. I don't know. I'm not like a huge fan of those take one step, uh, stuff happens uh, type games, but mm -hmm. that one could 
sell me in. I like the art style. Unfortunately, the assets are a little bit lower res than the the drawings of the assets. So mm-hmm. it looks like it's all 2D animation, yep. hand drawn animation stuff, and it just seems like the assets are a little bit lower resolution. Or maybe they were drawn in a lower resolution than they should have been. Something like that. Because I can see like the, the blurriness of the, of the line strokes in the art. Mm-hmm. Only when it zooms in. So uh, it's fine. That's like nitpicking. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to pay attention to that one. I'm interested. Yeah. yeah, it looks really, really cool. Kind of, I mean, those roguelikes, you got the cadence of Hyrule. I mean, obviously, they, they added a different type of mechanic in there um so you have that uh, another one that i think of that's kind of again you were saying that maybe difficult missed missed over do you remember that game yeah yeah so that game can be rather challenging almost to a fault where it's like not really that enjoyable because it's so difficult um but yeah that that's another one that again just just comes to mind but yeah crown trick this has come in q3 so Maybe well, I think I think the closest one to correlate to what this one is is Tangle Tanglewood Deep. Tangle Deep. Deep. Yeah. Tangle Deep. Yeah. Yeah. So coming up sooner than than we think. Q3 is is just around the corner. Yeah. All right, cool. That is it for new game announcements. Now we'll just hit some news re- really quick. Uh Dragon's Dogma. Some Dragon's Dogma news. Dragon's Dogma, a new Arisen is born. Follow Ethan along with his pawn, Hannah, in his journey to reclaim his heart. Netflix original anime series Dragon's Dogma releases worldwide September 17, 2020. I saw this, and I instantly thought of Castlevania uh, for, I don't know, what whatever reason. The art style kind of drew me into that a little bit. I don't think it's as good as what Castlevania has done because it looks like they're mixing kind of like that that hand drawn along with some 3D environments, which I'm not totally sold on. I'll have to see what it looks like. Um, but it's just kind of cool to see Netflix kind of taking a page out of the video game genre. They had The Witcher. Um, you have some Dragon Quest, your story. You have Dragon's Dogma, and yep. I wasn't totally into Dragon the Dragon Quest Your Story. The ending really really irked me um but they're all decent they're all pretty pretty dang good so we'll we'll have to see where this one goes with with castlevania like the game started with 2d artwork Mm -hmm. so having 2d you know anime presentation right hand-drawn type stuff rather than like what i thought would be more applicable dragon's Dogma would be like a live action thing yeah, like The Witcher. Exactly. Yeah. But they're going with the anime. Look, I, I would actually prefer the anime, you know, or or whatever, just illustrated, drawn-out type sure. animation uh, things. I love that stuff. So yeah. as long as they keep it, you know, very mature, I'm down. Yeah, that that's the thing, right? Castlevania is for very mature audiences. Um, along with along with The Witcher, right? You know that's that's a very mature audience. Dragon Story is, I mean, uh, Dragon Quest is a is a little different. Uh, that is Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> no, but I meant Dragon Dragon's Quest. Your story. Oh, uh, oh, that. Yeah. yeah. 
that uh that is not for mature audiences. I think that's for ev- yeah. everyone. Uh, but Dragon's Dogma, I I I haven't seen any like kind of uh, trailers for it. I've just seen these stills that they have on here, and um, maybe it'll be a mature uh, thing. I'm not sure. Speaking of, oh, where the heck did it go? Speaking of video game to uh, big screen or small screen, small screen, uh, we have Indivisible getting a new TV show. 505 Games and Lab Zero Games Action RPG Indivisible is receiving the TV treatment. According to a Deadline report, Meg LeFauve from Inside Out and Jonathan Fernandez, Rob the Mob, I don't know, will be writing and servicing, serving as executive producer. Uh, so this is going to be coming up on the uh, streaming service called Peacock. Uh, this is NBC Universal's streaming service. It is a free service. I did check this out because I was just thinking, I'm like, I want this to succeed because I like Indivisible. I think it's a great game. And it really just kind of, it screams, make this make this an anime or make this a kind of an animated series. Uh, just the the... The animations and the sequences in the game kind of lend lend you yeah. to want that, right? Uh, so I was interested. I'm like, please, I don't want this to fail. So I looked up this Peacock thing, and it is free, probably loaded with ads every 10 seconds, whatever. But I, I want this to do well. I, I wish this was on a service like, say, a little bit of a bigger service like Hulu or Netflix or Amazon or whatever. But, you know... It's it's nice to see that they're they're finally getting this right, and just as long as they stick to kind of the source material and they they make this, I I don't want this to be bad, you know. I I don't want this to be a Super Mario Brothers or you know all these other terrible, you know, ad- adaptations. Come uh, on, Super Mario Brothers. What's what's with the hate on that? I I will say it is a guilty pleasure. I do like that movie, but it is not a good movie. Are <laughs> we talking about the movie? I thought well, we were talking about like the actual animated uh, series. Oh, the animated series is not that good. Hey, it paved the way. Mario and Zelda paved the way for modern day video game, you know, animated series adaptation stuff. Right? Pokemon has has to, you know, bow its and pay its respects to, you know, the Marios and the Zeldas and the Nintendo mm-hmm. Captain uh, N. You're right, Captain N. I will say, though, that if if you go and watch it now, they are not that good. They're not good at all. Right, uh, but other cartoons of that time were mm-hmm. also not. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. If you want to really, what was even worse was the Sonic ones. I thought those were even worse. Kind of really cringy writing in it, kind of cheesy. Ugh. There, there was it depended on which Sonic because there were yeah. multiple Sonic. Yeah, there were a few. I'm talking yeah. the original was the Steve Urkel with Jaleel White. Anyway, <laughs> getting uh, oh, the, the chili cheese dog one. Yes, ugh. I love oh. that one. Oh, I it would was bad animation, but I loved it. it I would great. watch that. I think it was on before I went to school. I would watch it all the time. Yeah. Anyway. That was that was the one that had tails, and the other one didn't right yeah yeah it was tails and then you had uh it was robotnik or eggman yeah um yeah and that might have been as far as it went as far as characters uh then it had those weird robotic enemies or kind of the two henchmen it was like one was like a chicken robot and the other one i thought the other one was but they were never in the games (laughs) i don't even know where they were from 
I, I think they are in the games. I think they're just random enemies in the games. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that seems so stupid. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I want to see more of this, but I want to see good quality stuff. You know, I, well, I, hold, on, I, hold on. Be careful with what you ask for, because when you look at Indivisible, yep. and since you've played through Indivisible, yeah. is it a mature story or is it something that's going to be for kids? I'm not saying it's going to be good or bad. I'm saying, no, is it no, for no. you, or is it for you when you were 20 years younger? I, 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 it could be a mature story. There could be a mature story. I, I don't know if, if that's what they'll do. I have obviously, I have no. I don't, I don't think so. I have no idea. But it doesn't have to be a mature story for me to enjoy it. Like I said, I enjoyed for the most part. I enjoyed the Dragon Quest. I just didn't like the ending, and I don't want to spoil it. But that was the only problem I had with that. Otherwise, it was. It was pretty dang good, and it's not a mature story at all. I mean, it's got well, it's got mature overtones, but I think you have to be of that age to really fully understand what's going on. I, but I just don't think I'm going to be able to enjoy this because I'm at my age. I'm looking for more depth yeah. and in complexity, and not something that's you know catering towards potentially catering towards a younger audience. I don't know for certain if it is or if it isn't, but if it is. Uh, it's just, it's not that it's going to be bad, it's just it's not going to be worth my time. Alright. Time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, yeah. So, this is another game for you. Fake Tactics get a new, gets a release date trailer? Is that what's going on here? Yeah. And this is kind of, I, I'm going to call this a combination between Final Fantasy Tactics and Pokemon if I could. No. Uh, no, I can't. No. You don't collect monsters and fight on a tactics kind of chess field it's more like uh advanced wars okay and final fantasy tactics because it's it's a major simplification of what was otherwise a hugely complex uh game game design right yeah. final fantasy tactics was complex as is and that was a simplification of tactics ogre uh to a certain degree and then but either way, those styles of games are way more complex than what I played for the demo for this game. Yeah. It is. And, and in a very good way. I don't mean it as a drawback. This is actually good simplification. It still has lots of complexity. It's just it took some of the overly complex stuff and simplified it in a way that it, it kind of got out of your way. Is there a monster way. collecting in it, though? Uh, n not from what I played in the demo, so I don't, there's probably some collect, collect stuff in there, certainly with, like, yeah. getting different characters, but I don't know if you're, well, in some of the tactics games, there are sort of collection-y type things where you yeah. are building, uh, a, an army of sorts, a, a true, yeah, I, I, of people. is so. there some, is there some of that in this, do you recall? Because that's, I there, think that's kind of what I'm remembering. There, prob there probably is. It's just right now, I don't know how significant that is. It could just be a, the acquisition of a party member. Okay. It's really what makes it a collect a collection thing is, is that a dynamic? Can you just collect anything? Right. Yeah, I, I so. could I could have sworn that this was something like I was thinking, kind of a monster collecting. Not not in a, not in in the sense where like Pokemon or Digimon or anything like that, but where you can get these monsters and they fight for you or fight on your side. 
Uh, but maybe I was completely wrong. I, I, I could have sworn that's what it was. Right, but uh, Final Fantasy Tactics had that to a little degree. Okay. Tactics Ogre had that to a big degree, but even then I wouldn't classify uh, Tactics Ogre as like a Pokemon thing. No, it's more recruitment, right? So It is, but it's it's not the point. Uh, the point of the game is not to collect, whereas mm. Pokemon, that, that's closer to why you play it, is to collect. Gotta catch them all, man. Gotta catch them all. Uh, so this is actually coming out on Humble, as well as Steam, July 31st. So in a mere nine, yeah. nine days. I missed out on this demo. So mad. I don't know why I didn't download, because you can kind of, it was a time demo. You can kind of finagle the system here and play those time demos after the fact. And for, for whatever reason, this one didn't download for me. And I was really kind of bummed out about this because I wanted to play this demo. Anyway. Yeah, uh, um, so so that's the um, end of this month in less than two weeks for Switch. No, 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 not for Switch. That's for Steam. That's for Steam. I, I, don't, okay. I, don't, even, I don't know that we have a release date for, uh, for the Switch. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we have a release date for Switch, which I wish oh. we did, but we don't. It's coming out soon. I'm excited. Yeah, you're excited. I want this on the Switch. Anyway, uh, speaking of demos uh, that we got to play or didn't get to play, I actually got to play this one. Uh, Chris Tales demo is uh, released on the Switch. You can play play it right now uh, if you don't want to play it for whatever reason. I do have the full demo on the YouTube channel. Uh, Modus Games has released a console demo for Dreams Uncorporated and Six Chris Tales. Uh, the demo is also available on PC and is now available to download on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. It includes a look at the game's Colosseum Battle Mode, which I did not play, where players take on eight waves of increasingly challenging fights before taking on a mini boss at the end. So kind of like a, a again, a wave wave battle. Uh, so Chris Tales is built as a love letter of classic JRPGs, and uh, I'm not going to read all that. I hate when articles do this, <laughs> when they just kind of repeat like the same sort of stuff. Uh, the game features a strategic turn-based combat system and aims to let players look into the past, act in the present, and watch those actions change the future using the pro protagonist Chris Bell's time-affecting abilities. If you're not familiar with this game, right? So basically, Chris Bell has the ability to move things in and out of the past, present, and future. For example, uh, you know, never mind. I was going to, I don't want to spoil anything. But basically, when you're in combat, she can put someone, depending on where they are located, into the past or future. And that could potentially change things. So... You can put one effect in the past or in the current time. You can put like a, a status effect and then put them into the future. And that status effect has changed them in some way where you could potentially have an advantage. So there's, there's some interesting kind of time mechanics uh, in here. Something that I haven't seen, maybe you have, um, in, in any game, really. Yeah. It, well, not... I don't think done like this in an RPG setting. I I can't think of anything that's done it, incorporated that into the combat system. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I love the the look of this game. It's kind of got that. Um, I I don't want to. It's not stained glass. Huh? What would you call this? Uh, it's an art style. I don't know if it has an official name. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what to call it. I would say that it is very well executed. I'm not a fan of the art style, but mm-hmm. it is quality. It yeah. is. It is very. You know what? Uh, it might be closer to like an Adult Swim, not Adult Swim, but sort of. I I could have sworn I've seen like Saturday Morning or maybe even Adult Swim cartoons that have had almost like it almost looks like a Powerpuff Girls. I was literally those words were on the tip of my tongue to yeah. say that. Yeah, I I think I think yeah something something not similar. Quite. It's a, and, and it looks real good. And it's right. animated really, really well. Yep. It's not my, not what I would like for an art style, but it's not. It's not. I don't see that and think it's ugly. I. I it looks incredible. So. Yeah, it was. It was really fun to play. Um, I think the not. I think the demo, uh, is separated into two, where you can do kind of like a the the initial story as, and then you can do that Coliseum wave battle thing. The initial story demo is about an hour long. Uh, so definitely worth a shot, worth a play if, if, uh, if you're digging that art style. What, what about for you? Did it, did it entice you enough to make a purchase? I need to see, because it doesn't have the, it doesn't have a release date. I need to see what the cost is, you know? Um, I, 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 I need to see that if it's something like $25, Yeah, it's, it's, it'll be all right. Um, if I, I think the quality is there, uh, for sure. So, I, is is that game released on? Is it on Steam right now? I think it is. Let me see what the cost is Take a on look. on the Steam. Oh no, it's not released on Steam. Never mind. Steam Steam release is the planned release is November twenty twenty, and you can also get the demo on, on there as well. Yeah, midway through November. Uh, no price listed on it either. Okay. I mean, if They're they hush hush. well, if they go something like fifty dollars or forty five or I don't know, might be a bit much. Um, well, it's definitely quality. Oh man, it's good looking. It's real good looking. I would actually kind of equate it to what Indivisible is. You know, that's kind of got good quality as well. Let me just see what Indivisible is selling. Oh, I can't see because I have it purchased. <laughs> oh, never mind. I was going to say, whatever Indivisible went for, they should target that. Because I think that's kind of kind of the bar, you know? Let me take a look at Indivisible here. Those are on $24. So, yeah. And that, actually, that's on sale right now. But yeah. 20, 25 bucks. I think that's probably a sweet spot. Uh, I I could definitely see them charging thirty for this. Yeah, I could see that yeah. too. All right, cool. Um, we got some Xbox news on a Switch RPG podcast. Yep. How does this relate and to us? Well, there were rumors way back when, maybe like a year ago. Oh yeah. Uh, lots of talks because people were building up the hype the moment. A first-party Xbox franchise made it to the Switch, and then it happened again. So the the rumor mill has gone absolutely crazy 
off the rails, you could say, and what we have now is a complete derailing of the hype train. It is derailed officially. <laughs> yeah, Phil Spencer says, uh-uh. Phil Spencer, yeah, he says Xbox Game Pass most likely won't appear on other consoles. Now, I for sure knew, knew this wasn't going to happen on a PlayStation console, um, but there were, like you had mentioned about a year ago, the, the, the rumors were a swirling, without a doubt. But put them, it's unfortunate. Put them to bed. Put them to yeah. bed. Uh, we but, can at, at least hope that we'll get some more first-party Xbox exclusivity type things that eventually make their way over to the Switch, like with Cuphead, mm-hmm. like with um, uh, Hellblade, Senua's yep. Sacrifice, right. and uh, Ori in the Blind Forest. Right, it doesn't totally uh, negate, you know, Microsoft games from or first-party games from it. It's just the Game Pass coming exactly. over. Yeah. So. We'll still get some of those games, I'm sure, but just just not the Game Pass. Okay, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered won't have offline multiplayer or couch co-op as the original had. Uh, local multiplayer. Local. Gone. Loco. Lo- yeah, because it wasn't couch co-op, right? You needed like 75 systems, 12 cables, and a partridge in yep. a pear tree to be able to play yep. this. Uh, so right here, news has emerged today. This was July fifteenth. Today, that Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles will not offer players the choice of offline or local multiplayer. This information is sure to come as a blow to prospective owners. The reason behind the decision has not yet been has not been revealed, other than the developer citing development reasons. Uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles launches uh, for the Nintendo Switch next month, August twenty seventh. What do you think? I'm I'm not really into this game, so dead on arrival. You think so? DOA, DOA, man, DOA. The so the big thing is teamwork is hugely important. Well, they say they say that teamwork makes the dreams work. Yeah. Well, that that's (laughs) definitely the case. This is not a game where where you can have a bunch of people ad hoc being, you know, renegade type stuff and everyone just whimsically throws down their, their attacks on enemies because you can coordinate with your team members to sort of cast spells at the same time or, or in certain... You have to time the casting of your spells, and if you do that in a certain way, your spells can combine to, to build up to more way more powerful iterations of the spells and that's a big teamwork mechanic and the fact that yes sure theoretically you could teamwork online well the switch doesn't really natively support voice chat now it does it so and stranger danger is always a big fear of nintendo so that's another you know x on the uh, uh chip off the wall or whatever right so there's a lot going against it Whereas local multiplayer obviously solves all of that teamwork-based issue type of stuff. Right. Never mind the fact that Final Fantasy uh, Crystal Chronicles was never a great game anyway. <laughs> Uh-oh. It, it, was, it was an okay game. Yeah, right. So, well, hey, I, mean... I played and beat it for player, right? The best possible way to play the, play the game, I did it way back when. 
it wasn't great then, it's not going to be great now. Yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of, um, you know, trying to align your spells, there's got to be some sort of visual clues, right? Some visual visual cues, anyway, um, as to what, what spell is being discharged, and then you can kind of go that way. Or if you could somehow, not if you set up your own voice chat with your friends, you can certainly play that way as well. Um, yeah, yeah. If, if you can set up the voice chat, then that would make it way easier to coordinate and all that. Because it's not just spells. You also have to carry around that stupid bucket. Right. Sphere thing. Bubble. But but here here's the thing. If this does not require Nintendo Switch Online, which I'm not entirely sure, you can still kind of play locally, right? You just got to be connected to the internet, and you can still play locally. So there's no real need for local co-op. You can you can be together, just connect to the same Wi-Fi, and you've accomplished the same same thing. So I, I'm I'm not entirely sure why this is like a big deal. I mean, it's it's, it's offline multiplayer, so yeah. I don't know. Sure. It, I don't I, again. I don't see the big deal. Just connect to the same Wi-Fi and bingo bango, problems are solved. Build a bridge and get yeah. over. But now everyone has to be online in order to to coordinate with that. So. Th- I think, just... I think for the most part, like, especially here, um, I mean, I know that not all internet is created equal. I totally get that. But for the most part, everyone's got internet, right? So. Yeah, but not everyone has good internet. Go, go. And then having that delay inserted into it, it doesn't really matter. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. It could still work with that local play type thing, but everyone needs to have the switch. So that's a major barrier to entry whereas if you offer local one player has to have the switch and they just have to have multiple controllers right right and that, that's the only barrier to entry and usually people have more than just one pair of controllers mm-hmm. so you know that it is cumbersome and not only that everyone has to have their own copy i i thought that's, i remember seeing that, i thought i remember seeing that they were doing some sort of share thing let me let me take a quick peek at that Talk talks amongst yourselves. Sure. Uh, so <laughs> the reason why they don't have the local multiplayer, even though the original game supported it, so so it should be theoretically easy, and they implemented the harder form of multiplayer, which is online multiplayer. That's definitely the harder form to do. Mm-hmm. The reason why they didn't include it locally is because of the Game Boy Advance to GameCube second screen game design that they have incorporated in here. And their solution to it is pretty much doing the most basic of the basic solutions, where when you, uh, for example, the menu system, selecting your abilities, stuff like that, that stuff happened on the Game Boy Advance. Well, that's kind of easy design-wise to work with a single screen. The harder parts is when when you leave the environment or certain things could only happen on the Game Boy Advance screen. So you have, for example, desyncing of the characters. That's the part that they decided not to design around because that would cause screen on screen, you know, picture in picture type of things to occur. And they didn't want to have too many picture on picture uh, displays up because that required too much extra development yeah it is it is more development work but they were you know leaning more towards 
being a lazy, right? This is a remaster, not a remake. Right. So they didn't want to put in all the effort. But well, they he, did put in enough effort for wire for online play. Yeah, so he, again, uh to compound on you the the fact that you think they're lazy, right? Um the most attention I'm reading this from Square Enix, right? The most attention grabbing addition is highlighted at the end of the trailer that's on their site. There will be a light edition of the game, okay? What exactly is Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Light? Man, that is a mouthful. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles is regarded as a classic and enchanting tale, blah, 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 blah. Um, essentially, the light version of the game lets you play through the substantial chunk of the start of the game and try out various enhancements that have been made to this edition, including voiceovers, improved graphics, um, and an updated soundtrack. Oh, and it's completely free. Maybe, okay. So that just sounds like maybe it's a, a demo, maybe? Yeah, it sounds like it's a demo. Yeah, okay. I I thought I thought for sure like there was gonna be some sort of free version or some something like that where your friends could could join you and play. Maybe I'm just not remember. Can I play the late edition with other players online? You can. In fact, we strongly encourage you to play Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles online. Um so up to four players with the late edition. I don't know. I, I guess there's some cross-play functionality. Not not cross-play. Oh, wait. There is cross-play. Yeah, okay. Cross yeah, yeah. So the light, the light version also su supports that. Okay. You can cross-play with someone on their phone. Really? Yeah, iOS. Oh, yeah, I see that here. Users can team up with those on smartphones and so on. I don't know. Sure. This this game is not for me, so <laughs> Yeah. Alright, let's let's move on. We spent way too much on Crystal Chronicles. Uh Japan Persona 5 Scramble, the Phantom Striker, sells over four hundred and eighty thousand copies. That's impressive. It is impressive considering it's kind of a, a miso game, uh kind of a, a spin-off of a spin-off, I guess. Um and it, it's only in Japan. It's only in Japan and not yet to be released here. Uh, but Atlas has announced this morning that the sales of Persona 5 Scramble, the Phantom Strikers, have surpassed 480,000 in Japan and Asia. Uh, the company also announced that Persona, the that the Persona franchise has now sold a total of 13 million units worldwide. A release date for Persona 5 Scramble, the Phantom Strikers for the Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 in the West hasn't yet been announced. So yeah, I I think um I think of the Miso games, this is probably the one that I was really kind of interested in. I don't know. I, I, those games don't really grab me that much to begin with, but this one, this one looked kind of cool. It definitely looks like the best, the best of the bunch regarding, you know, something more than just button mashing gameplay. Right. So could be good. Could oh. be good. Hopefully we'll see it sometime soon. All right, so let's get into some of these meteor news. The meteor? Not a meteor, meteor. like coming from the sky, but more no, like... No, 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 it is that. It is that. That is our thing now. That's our thing? M meteors? Meteor spells of news. Oh, jeez. Oh, I, I see what you did there. You, yeah. all, you, you nerd. All right. They're devastatingly good. <laughs> oh, the puns. I hate them. All right, so where are we? Fate Extra. Record is it record or record? I uh, know. I think just fate slash extra. That's all I see. Fate slash extra. 
record. I see that too. Announce for current generation platform. So this is of the the Fate series, uh, which, in my opinion, they all look look good, but yeah. they're all they're all bad. <laughs> so I don't know where this one's gonna like. Again, this one looks good. This I'm gonna call it Fate slash Extra. Uh, it looks good, and I, and I think you mentioned, and I'll read it in the article, it's actually running on Unreal Engine, so it actually, the lighting effects look really good, too. All right. And so the particle effects, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, a remake of Fate Extra, so this is a remake, has been announced today for the current generation platforms, and is being developed in the stunning Unreal Engine. The remake of the, f- uh, the remake is titled Fate Extra Record, and a release date has yet to be announced. There will be a Fate slash Extra Series 10th Anniversary live stream taking place on the 22nd of July, 8 p.m. Japan Standard Time, which you can view. Um, I'm looking at right this. Right now, I'm, I'm viewing a video record. The, Holy the cow. Recording it's, video. it's literally right now, huh? Or is yeah, it? Yeah, well, it streamed 15 hours ago. Oh, okay. So it happened so it, earlier. It just happened today. Yeah, earlier today. Um. So you can also check out the announcement trailer on right now. We're I'm reading this on my Nintendo News. I'm not sure exactly where they got the information. It looks like Jamatsu, but like it I said, good. It, it does. They all look good, but there's something with them where they're not. They're not good. Maybe this will be, well, this one will be the exception. And please, for love of anything, like make it good. And then I will play it, but they generally aren't aren't that good. I don't know what it yeah. is, but yeah, this one You're, looks it, it looks good. Yeah, the character, I, I guess, it's got a school like you're in high school type mechanic to it. Yep, you're you're running around what looks to be school corridors, and it man, it it's a good looking game. Animations are real good. The uh, the UI. So this is. What they said, it's a remake. Yeah. So they, this is more than just a remaster. Clearly, it's more than just a remaster. It it looks good graphically. I don't know if the original was on the Unreal Engine, maybe a early, earlier iteration, maybe Unreal Three or something like that. But this is looking real good, very promising. The UI looks pretty clean i mean a lot of it's in japanese so i don't know what's fully going on but they got some big old buttons that look pretty clean it there's glorious particle effects all over the place you're in like this weird techno blue world slashing at stuff Mm -hmm. and then i guess when you're not doing that you're in high school i i'm looking at some older not older footage but maybe the original i don't know if it was on other um consoles but i'm looking at it's psp so maybe this was a psp exclusive sort of thing but this is fate slash extra and i will say it looks very very different (laughs) very very different so yeah maybe this one will be the one out of the bunch of the fate series that will be good well they're they're not they're starting from something which means they have potentially more time to to improve on what was there in significant ways, hopefully significant ways. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. It does. It does. Man, they do look good. Just they they're not they're not that good. All right. 
we got we got Ubisoft Four digital event coming in September. Will they show off one game again? Because that's really all they showed off last time, wasn't it? Uh, no, they showed off like five. Woo! All right. Yeah. And that that second forward comes when when September. September. Why are you why are you asking me like that? You, you feel, I feel like you're you're. You're pushing me towards something. No, no, no. Just make sure you didn't miss that. No, no, yeah. It's definitely coming in September. Um, I'm trying to think of what Ubisoft games... I, I think this is going to be new announcements only, so... Like, new so, games. I, I don't know if there's going to be anything that we are going to see on the Nintendo Switch side of things, to be honest with you. Here's what's happening. All right, you tell, you tell to me. So, Nintendo has decided to drop out of... E3 land. Yep. They're out. They've tapped out. They've they have made excuse after excuse. Right? Delays due to corona stuff left and right. Yep. That is uh we are we are now conditioned to the notion that we're not going to get a big giant, you know, certainly didn't happen in June and seemingly not going to happen in July and instead we get a mini direct. We got a little sample of which, something. So, which, we'll, which we'll get to later. What I'm thinking is that we're not going to get anything for August. That stinks. I, would, I wouldn't yeah. mind some sort of an indie uh, world or indie direct. I'm talking about big stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So maybe in, in August we get an indie. An indie. Yep. And then in September, right around the time where Ubisoft does their stuff, Nintendo unleashes the big stuff. What would have been E3? Hey-o. Because they do have stuff. They typically do E3, and then in September, after E3, they announce more stuff. Right. And because there's been just whole bunches of delays and whatnot, well, they kind of their E3 stuff, and now they're just going to make an even bigger September event so whatever happens in September will be Nintendo's E3 presentation plus their September stuff sans anything that got delayed. Yeah. I hope you're right, man. I hope you're right because we you need want something. That to be right? I'd, rather have a, I'd rather have a direct sooner. Oh, of course. I'd rather have a direct like in place of what we had, but that ain't happening. Yeah. Uh, as, far as, Ubisoft, so as far as Ubisoft is concerned, I really want to know What's going on with Gods and Monsters? That's probably the only Ubisoft title that I'm kind of interested in. Uh, other than that, I'm not a fan of uh, Assassin's Creed or Watch Dogs or anything else they, they have going on. But that Gods and Monsters game, man, that looks that looks pretty epic. Ubisoft gave Nintendo... Or Nintendo gave Ubisoft one of their franchises. That's what's happening. Yeah. Ubisoft proved themselves, and now Nintendo's like... What other franchise, dead franchise, dormant, fr dead and or dormant franchise, do you want to scoop up and work on? Because hmm. I think Ubisoft has proved themselves more than capable. Either right. that or they're going to uh, do the thing I mentioned before, which is the full-blown Star Fox franchise, yep. which is Nintendo handing them the keys to it because they did so well on, uh, well, not so well, but they proved proof of concept stuff with uh, whatever Star that game was. Starlink. Starlink. Yep. Yep. 
Or yes. they could do a, a bona fide sequel to Mario Luigi, uh, Mario's... Mario Plus Rapids. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, as far as Starlink is concerned, if they were to kind of expand on that and kind of make a, make a Star Fox universe, I think it would probably be pretty good. I thought the combat in that, the aerial combat was was pretty good. It wasn't bad. Um, yeah. I mean, what it lacked is more of a narrative, you know? Uh, but if they could kind of focus that with a Star Fox theme, um, yeah, that'd be pretty pretty dang good. Man, I miss a good Star Fox game. I miss it so, so much. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's terrible that there hasn't been a good Star Fox game since <laughs> Star Fox 64. You know what you're missing more than Star Fox? F-Zero, and you're never going to yeah. get it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Are we covering any of that F-Zero rumor and then debunked stuff at all? I ain't covering anything of zero, to be honest. You know, with you. you know how hurt I was on the inside. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you were crying on the outside too. <laughs> well, did, did you see how they, what ended up happening, where everyone realized it was all a long, a very long con joke? Oh boy! Did you see the video? No, the, I'll, the, I'll the have to look into that. Reveal. It is so hilarious. It's such a troll. It's like the best possible way to troll F Zero fans with a fake F-Zero Twitter account. They did it in the best possible way. It was so good. Oh, it was that, so, so good. That's fantastic. I love it. you got to watch the video. I'll link it to you later. All right, cool. uh, by the way, no one should watch that because unless you are an adult. All right. Make, makes sense, I think. All right. Our, is this our final bit of news before we really dump into or dive into the uh, third-party mini direct that we were. Uh, Our third was dump. Where where we got that mini direct? All right, <laughs> Reggie Fields MA has joined Rogue Games as a strategic advisor. This dude left Nintendo and he hasn't stopped working. It's just like this guy's everywhere. Yeah. So so why don't why don't you give me the history on Rogue Games and why this is a big deal? All right, so. Rogue game. All right, as we know with the Switch, a lot of games that have hit mobile systems uh, are make it have made their way over to the Switch. Mm -hmm. Rogue Games is one of these mobile development game developing companies that make games for mobile systems, but they haven't really made anything on Switch yet, and now they develop a little strategic advisor partnership with Mr. Reggie, who is their in-man, in order to get on the good sides of bringing their games over to the Switchies. So that's what's that's what's happening. The Switchies? And, <laughs> the Switchies, yep. And uh, why should we care about rogue games? Well, they are seemingly passionate people that uh, want to make some actual fantastic console games. And the reason why I am making that assumption is because it's run by the, the CEO or co-founder, uh, Mr. Casamassina, who is none other than Mr. Matt Casamassina, as I learned from Herr Schneider on the uh, Nintendo Voice Chat podcast. And uh, Matt Casamassina, who I've followed for many years, way back when, when on um, the starting years of IGN, uh, he was pretty much one of the head honchos of running the Nintendo coverage, press coverage, mm -hmm. and doing the reviews and stuff like that. When IGN first started way back in 
during the N64 days and stood with IGN until sometime in the later years of the Wii. So he's been around. He was a, one of the veterans of IGN and left them and apparently running rogue games. So when you have someone who's that passionate about Nintendo as a product uh, and in, or as a company and Nintendo franchises, as I know that Casamassino, one of his beloved franchises, is certainly the Metroid franchise. So you have this individual running. He's a, the co-founder and CEO of this company. And then tying together with Reggie, like, it's a no-brainer. They're going to be making stuff for Switch. Right. It, it, it certainly, you've laid out that roadmap there. Uh, certainly does does make sense. They, they're, yeah. they're already making mobile games, and you see a lot of these mobile ports already kind of making their way. Um, Matt and Reggie kind of teaming up to kind of have a shoe-in for Nintendo uh, publishing or Nintendo kind of getting in on that market. Uh, the only thing I worry about is I I don't I know you said that he was kind of into kind of the Metroid series, but I don't know that Rogue Games right now. I'm looking at their roster. Nothing screams out to me RPG. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that they couldn't be in the works or uh not making one. But yeah. I'm not I'm not well, he, I'm not immediately seeing. Yeah. Well, he, here's what I'm thinking. Rogue Games is probably gonna port. A couple of their games, pro- probably their, their top-notch mobile games, to the yep. Switch, learn the system, learn its capabilities, and then uh, hopefully those are, are a relative success, and that will fund what their bigger, more ambitious project is going to be. Because keep in mind, mobile games, one of the big drawbacks of mobile games is its uh, monetary scheme. Yeah. And when you're bring when you're making a console game, you can you can design games in a very dramatically different way, where you're not having to worry about how you nickel and dime your consumers, and instead you're worrying more about how do we make give them the full value of of what they're gonna buy for this premium content. Sure. So. And and I'm again I'm just on their website. It looks like that they don't only um only develop games. They do they do a bunch of bunch of stuff. Uh, one of those things are kind of just a just a publishing uh, firm. So they could essentially take on someone's IP or whatever uh, from a different developer and then kind of push that onto the Switch that way as well. So uh, they they can come at this at a few different in a few different angles. Um, I, I don't see them doing that though. If if they're going to, um, if they're actually going to develop a game for the Switch, I think they're gonna. It's going to be an in, in, a intellectual property that maybe not in house, but certainly an intellectual property that they will own the rights of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Something to keep an eye on. That's for sure. Um, and, and it'll probably be something. I don't know. Like. Down the line, we won't, we won't even remember. <laughs> All right. Let's get into this third-party mini direct. All right, so first, it opens. What did you think of it? Just kind of a general consensus overall. Uh, I think it's 
overall, I, I thought it was Nintendo's attempt to uh, to pacify their fans temporarily. Just kind of put something out there, right? Because we hadn't heard yeah. from them in, in a long while. Yeah, there's definitely s- some of that. Uh, so first it opens up with the disclaimer, you know, things are... It's a it's a fluid environment in the game development world with the, the way things are. Um, so they put that disclaimer out there. Uh, and then they open up with a cadence of Hyrule uh, physical version, as well as DLC, added on DLC. Uh, so inter- cool stuff if you're into that game. Uh, you can certainly, and you're into physical collecting, there's there's that yeah. uh, aspect of things. I'm, then, I'm definitely excited for that. Yeah, yeah. Especially the, so the first the first two DLC packs, which I don't know why they're separating and making making them separate purchasable things, because the value of more characters and is doesn't really seem like much. The second pack is music, soundtracks. Brand new ones and reworks, uh, completely like, uh, what's the word? Not remasters, uh, remixes, right? Uh, that could be very worthwhile because the game is very much about the music, so I can definitely see that being kind of a worthwhile. It depends on how they price it. And then the third one is the actual good one that people actually want, which is another world to explore. Yeah, yep. With, with a new character where you get to play as uh, the Deku kid. Now, I don't, I don't know if uh, this physical version includes all that. I, I don't know. It may. It does. May, it does. Okay. So yep. but that's actually good. And they're going to have a season pass for the DLC. So they're going to have the season pass, which I think could be worthwhile if it's priced correctly. And then you can purchase each of those three different DLC packs separately. And I think that that's going to hurt the first one, mostly, the character one. Right. Now wait, no. the The physical version does include the packs, or no? The physical version will include all three DLCs. All right, all right, all right. So, so there's going to be the physical release. That's separate. That's the full package. Yep. If you already bought the game, they're going to have three different DLCs that you can buy individually. All three Got, of them. Gotcha. In addition to that, you have you're going to have the option of buying the season pass, which will be probably some markdown price. Of all three, yeah, the sum of all three marked down a little bit. Okay, all right. So, I I don't like how they're doing that. I think they shouldn't sell the three different things separately. I think they should have just bundled done, them all. bundled it all as one major DLC expansion. Yeah, yeah, and they could have sold it probably as such, right? Uh, as, as, as what I mean is kind of like an increase in in price rather than what they're doing. Yeah, they could have kept the price the same. Yeah, okay. But now that they're separating the three, I might just skip out on the first two and just buy the actual content, the the, the different map, because at least that seems like it's going to be a, a new adventure. Yeah. Okay. So we, we got that. That was kick it off. Not bad. I don't remember what came next. I don't remember if it was... Rogue Company, or if it was the wrestling game, uh, playgrounds, wrestling, wrestling playgrounds, wrestling. whatever we got, we got those things. <laughs> um, and then we move on to uh, Shin Megami Tensei 3, uh, or Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. Okay, not three. some, oh, uh, three Nocturne, yes, 
not something I was expecting. I know of Shin Megami Tensei 3. I just... I, I don't know. What do you, What is your take on this? Have you played Shin Megami Tensei games? I have never played any of the Shin Megami Tensei games. I know that it is old. Old, old, old. I think it started on the NES, right? The very first one? Yeah, and actually, uh, Nintendo Switch Online in Japan, you can actually play the, the, the first one. So it's, I don't know how beloved the, the SMT franchise is in Japan, but um, the way that they presented it in this sort of reveal made it seem like it's a big deal. It is. I don't know if it's actually a big deal, though. It look, they're making it seem like it's a big deal. Well, it's a big deal to those SMT fans for for sure it doesn't have it doesn't it's not it doesn't have a big reach you know what i mean as something like a final fantasy game or a dragon quest game um you know where i think there's a broader audience in those games where smt um it's kind of gonna get those persona fans it's gonna maybe get the uh maybe get the persona fans and definitely get your smt fans but yeah I, i mean the game looks looks okay. Uh, I'm not I'm not really into um, the HD remaster thing, but again, that's just me. I've never played an SMT game. I think I I don't know. I don't even know. I I mean, what do you guys think out there? Is this something that I'd want to jump into? I have heard that these games can be difficult. Yep. So I don't know. We got an SMT three coming. I I think that I think it's a good thing though. I mean, don't don't you don't you think that? No, I absolutely think it's a good thing. Uh, I think it's the one-two punch, right? Yeah, yeah. When when you're in a position to bring a franchise that's not very well known or has been dormant for quite some time, you open up with, here's a taste of what it was in the past. Get ready for what it's going to be in the ne- near future, right? Right, and that's... Uh, right. Yeah, so th- this sh- uh, SMT3 Nocturne HD remaster is coming out Spring, twenty twenty one. That's still so, so spring f- next year. That's so far away though. <laughs> I still feel like that's like for forever. Um, yep. But in in the Japanese trailer there or in Japan, they're actually getting a collector set, which is looks kind of cool. Uh, it has um it has a nightlight, uh, SMT nightlight. It looks interesting. It comes with a steel book. Comes with some sort of art book. Um, and it comes with music CDs. If you guys actually have a CD player. You can play them. Uh, not many people's uh, do. Maybe the people that originally played this do. Uh, you can put it in your PS2, because that's, I think, what initially SMT3 Nocturne was released on. You can put these CDs in there, and you can play your musics. But then, then we have the, the news of the news, which was SMT5. Uh, and that is... I was hoping for more. I'm going to be honest with you. I... I Again, like I've said, I've never played them, but the original teaser trails that we got 17 years ago for SMT5, it kind of was, it was, it was increasing my um, excitement level for it. And this one does that. It's just, I, I was expecting gameplay because we hadn't heard anything in so long that I was expecting, I don't know, some battle gameplay or some something. I mean, I can tell that, yes, it is in-game graphics or, you know, in-game engine uh, type of stuff, but certainly not 
not what I wanted. I wanted more um, of it. Yeah. yeah. Especially because uh, it was so long ago. UI. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You want to see the UI? You want to? You want to see stuff other than just kind of a kind of a teaser or type story type trailer? I guess. Um. It's man the the way they did the trailer where it has like I guess a demon is narrating through it or whatever. It's a devil. It's. Yeah, yeah, de- devil demon thing. Yeah. Uh, Oni, whatever, is narrating through it. It's, it's like making it. It's presenting itself as if like, you know, this is a big deal. This is totally a big deal. I yep. hope you're ready. It's SMT five. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It it's, it feels like it's very full of itself, and I don't know <laughs> if it should be. It's confident. It's very confident. Yeah, it's a little bold I'm statement. I'm excited that it's confident. I'm I'm very excited that it's being so confident in itself. I just don't know if it's going to be good. I'm with you. Yeah, just don't know. And you know what? We don't even know when it's coming out because they said 2021. That could mean literally anything in 2021. Well, it's definitely not going to come out before 3 because then 3 will be dead on arrival. Yeah, it would definitely be a DOA. Um, but what's really interesting, though, and, and typically with these games say for example even with persona you have a western release and then months or years later the west we have it here this is this is going to be smt5 is going to be a uh worldwide release same day everybody gets it finally finally yeah they're they're finally uh you know doing what other companies have been doing for years yeah, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna globally launch a game. I I don't know why they they do that. Is that because they know their core audience is in Japan? I, I have no. Or just maybe it takes longer to kind of localize a game. It's a lot of money, especially yeah. for especially for RPGs. It's it's a lot of money to localize. There's a lot of development effort in doing uh you know preparing something for an entirely new language. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that comes with potentially trivial or major ui overhauls that have to be done character spacing is very different between languages and maybe the ui uh, text box for example won't fit the entire context of a sentence because it's either longer or shorter character wise physical physically fitting within a a bubble right how the ui was initially designed that can cause issues right so it's and then there's not trivial right and and most of these modern games especially smt and i'm even thinking like like dragon quest like there's voice acting in there so even that has to all make sense and it's all money you know um yeah yeah voice acting is a bit easier because mm-hmm. it can kind of be file replacement right and all a- you have to do is just a, a look up to you know what the language was selected as right type of thing well, yeah, it's got to sync up. It's got to sync up. Um, maybe some of the not lip syncing, but it's kind of it's got to make sense a little bit, you know. Well, that that's with the recording itself. So the voice, the people that uh, are being recorded, they look at a usually they look at a playback of right. the scene. Yep. And they are acting out. They're watching how the character is animated and then acting out as they animate it. Right. If they're being told that they're that they're not gonna read, if that they're not gonna change the animations, right, mm-hmm. uh, lip syncing, etc. So 
that's what ends up happening uh, when things get localized is the developers don't go through and reanimate and re-lip sync things or the technology that was used. There's some technologies that automatically lip sync uh, to the audio based on, you know, you feed the audio file and then the 3D model will lip sync accordingly uh, type stuff. Right. And then they might adjust that here and there. But usually what you get is kind of, it's the same process that was done. Well, I guess it's, um, it's the same process that's done for dubbing when anime comes over from Japan, right? Yeah. It's yep. the same method of dubbing uh, in a different language, right? right? They have to look at what the character is doing and then try to express it in a way that times correctly. Mm -hmm. So yep. it's, it's an effort, but it's, that's not, that doesn't require development work per se. And by development work, what I mean is like, they don't have to like peek under the hoods programming wise and adjust some numbers and, and recompile code and stuff. Sure. But it's still all money and, and time. So it is money and time. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. And that was it for the Nintendo of America. Five announcements. Five announcements. That's a, that, that is all we had. Now, I, don't get me wrong. I really like seeing, and, and I think you do as well, I love seeing the third-party support coming in for the Switch. Um, could we have had more third-party support in this? Maybe. Maybe those, those people want to kind of do something on their own. I have no idea. I definitely would have loved to have seen a bit more. Um, in this, it's just they 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 set our expect they set the expectations right. They did say, "Hey, this is a mini third party direct," and that was yep. it. And what we got was what we got. It's just not what we wanted, right? We wanted we wanted more. We wanted a lot more. But Japan, they got a few other games. Uh, one of which was Atelier Riser Two. Um, if you go back and listen to the archives, we kind of went back and uh, we we found, not found, we kind of discussed some trademarking that was done in Australia. I think it was done in one other place about Atelier Riser 2. And here we are, confirmation that Atelier Riser 2, Lost Legends, and the Secret Fairy coming, to, coming this winter to Nintendo Switch. PlayStation 4 and Steam. I think this is coming out all at the same time again. So it's going to kind of use the same assets and, it's an, and everything, but it is going to be kind of a, a true true sequel. And all right, these sites have been unveiled simultaneously worldwide. Um, so if you can actually go to the site right now, there's a little bit of a teaser uh, or a countdown clock. I don't know what it means, but it leads to July 29th. I think it's 8 p. Or I'm sorry, 8. I don't know what these time stamps are. Uh, 8PDT and 1600 BST. Oh, I know where it is. I have broken the code. What? Oh, oh man. You're looking at source code? I, I have, I know what the secret is. You're looking at I know what that announcement's going to be. What is it? Okay. The secret is actually in the trailer. If you go to timestamp 26 seconds, by the way, this trailer, holy, 
uh, 1.5 million. Oh, whoops. Never mind. Just looking at the wrong thing. All right, never mind. Never mind. Either way, go to timestamp 26. Um, all right. Seconds. All right. Give me a gosh darn second. All right. Tw- 26? 26 seconds in. All right. I'm there. You should see do you see a table? I see a table. Oh, I see it. Oh, you see it. I see the Smash Bros. See invitation. She's coming to Smash Bros? She's coming to Smash. She's going to be the next DLC character. Look at that. Look at that hidden Smash invitation. What the? Wow. How did no one catch that? I don't know. How did, how did you catch that? I'm surprised you even watched it. <laughs> I see Smash Invitational envelopes like like that. Like I, I just immediately recognize them. I'm like, yep, that's it. That's the red wax seal right there. Clear as day. Interesting. Oh my goodness. Okay. Look at that. Wow. Look at that. What is this character gonna do in Smash? That's crazy. What do you mean? She's an alchemist. She can throw I know, like, that's stuff exciting. at you. Yeah. I'm, is that what she does in combat, though? She throws stuff? She, I, uh, how, how does she uh, perform in combat? I'm trying to remember. It's, it's been a little bit. Um, is it in, is, does it show her fighting in the... Um, shows her moving around, uh, I'll, let, I'll let the trailer play out a bit more. She's I, got the book. She, she's got a big giant... Oh, she's going to probably have like a Kirby-style uh, Final Smash. Because she, she, she has like a big giant cauldron. She yeah she uses kind of like a she uses kind of a lot of different weapons doesn't she? Uh, let's see she can harvest stuff. Uh, she's got some so in this game right the sequel that's coming out which by the way I'm pretty excited for because the first one actually did real good right? Yep. Short but sweet. Not not short for a typical game but shorter for an RPG. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And definitely definitely well well-reviewed, and now they're making a sequel to it, which means it's going to be bigger and better. She's in a city, which I don't know if the first one was in a city, but this one's in a city. No, the first one was kind of, uh, took place in a, a small ta- town, right? town, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can swim. There's a swimming explore- ex- exploration. You can ride a weird creature thing, so you can ride a mount. Yeah, it There's looks like... There's a crafting system. Oh, uh, the the crafting system in 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 Atelier Riza is, I have yet to see anything else like it. To be honest with you, she's got a staff and can melee stuff with the staff. So I see that going on. Yep. What else she doing in combat? She's slapping the ground and causing explosions. She has a party member with a bow. That's it. Yeah. So she's kind of more staff magic, alchemy type of stuff. I'm excited. All right, I'm excited. N- now you're excited because it's got Smash Bros. Well, I was already like kind of excited because the first one I wasn't expecting the first one to to review well. Yeah, L- nope. like not not well, but like that well. It reviewed really well. Right, kind of came out of nowhere. And yeah. now I see Smash Invitational letter. <laughs> I think for the most part that game. Um, you know, like you said, it did well. I want to say I'm I'm gonna look up the Metacritic for it now. It's it's on par with most of the Atelier games. This one got an 84 
Actually, no, it's not on par with the other Atelier Ryza games. It's a cut above, right? Yeah, it is a cut above. That's probably yeah. why I, I liked it a little more, but I, I, I really want to get into this and, and dive yeah. deeper into it. Yeah, This is a franchise that's on the rise, and probably because it, it got some pretty good success on Switch, uh, with the most recent iteration, they're going with the sequel, and it's going to get double-backed by Smash. Smash. That is crazy. So that's what we're going to see. Nice. It's there's going to be a huge upset in the smash community. <laughs> well, tough, tough nuggets. Um, well, Japan got yeah. a, Japan got another game as well. Another game in there. Um, and they're direct. They got Sakuna of rice and ruin. Now we, the last time we saw this was E3. So it had been a while as well. So we got some more gameplay of that. Uh, Sakuna rice and ruin. I think it's going to do fairly, fairly well. It's an, is it exceed? It is exceed. Exceed is the the publisher. It's, well, the, the ones that typically bring Japan games over. Right, 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 right. Um, I well, I actually I was able to play a little bit of it. it. It seemed kind of like your basic RPG platformer, maybe. Um, but there's actually a lot more involved. I I think when I played this demo, it was way too soon. Uh, there wasn't much implementation of all these systems that I'm now reading about i'm reading about a lot of farming crafting uh things of that nature a demo that i played did not show any of that it was more kind of combat and platforming that sort of stuff um but i think for the most part this game looks looks pretty decent it kind of has that it does it kind of has that hand hand-drawn art style as well well it it's all 3d models mm-hmm I don't know where you're getting hand drawn stuff. I don't know. So some of these stills look like they're they're they are hand drawn. I, I I agree though. It is it is 3D models. I still don't see the hand drawn. Stuff. It's all literally 3D models. What <sighs> screens are you looking at? I'm looking at these screens. They are 3D models, but they kind of have kind of some sort of layering or look look see. They kind of remind me of kind of like hand-drawn okay why don't you back off but there's 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 a lot there's a big farming aspect in this again none of this i i didn't get to play any of this but yeah i i think this is going to be going to be something to look out for or gonna you're going to want to play um did they give us any idea as to when this will be coming to us let me see this is going to be a full price game uh, I'm sorry. No, it's not. Standard edition is thirty nine ninety nine. Limited edition, um, is fifty nine ninety nine. Um, it's. Um, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm so ill prepared for this right now. Here we go. Exceeded. Oh, November tenth. Yep. I was just gonna read that. Thanks. You, thank you for um for for doing that. Okay. Now I don't have to. Now I don't have to read it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Launched uh, November tenth in North America. And November twenty in Europe and Australia for PlayStation Four, uh, as well. So November tenth seems like so far away. My goodness, time has just stood still uh, right now. So yeah, Japan, yeah, Japan got a little bit of extra stuff. Not fair. Yeah, and and kind of exciting extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And that little smash thing. Man, 
Who? Maybe, maybe, maybe. We don't. We don't know. We don't speculate about these things. I'm putting my money on it. You said that there's a there's a countdown, right? Twenty ninth. Yeah. Yep. That's what. There we it, go. That's what it is. End of the month. Smash. Smash. Maybe, maybe there's a smash direct that coincides with that that gets announced like the day before. Yeah. Maybe. Oh yeah. Maybe. It's happening. It's happening. And that was going to conclude our news segment and our third party mini direct conversation. Uh, we don't have any listener questions today. It was kind of like a catch up episode. We had a lot to discuss here. Uh, quickly, some upcoming RPGs. We have Dex, um, which is a uh, kind of a side scroll and platforming. I think it's, I want to say it's pixel art dish. Let me see. Quick, quick, quick. No, not pixel art at all. Not pixel art at all, but it, it is a uh, side side scrolling RPG that is coming out. Like a, uh, a PC '90s style PC visual uh, look to it. It looks good. Yeah, yep. That is coming um, July twenty fourth at uh, for about twenty dollars US uh, twenty US dollars. I don't know why I said it that way. Anyway. Um, next, we have Middleborg City of Mages. Maybe this is something you like. I, 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 I don't know. Um, Ooh. Oh, he, maybe he does. I'm looking at screenshots, and it's got like numbers and bars and graphs, <laughs> and it has a relatively clean-looking UI. Oh, the nerd, the nerd likes see. The nerd likes see. All right, this. <laughs> it, it says is growing on it. it oh, I'm sorry. What was that? It says potion brewing. Ooh, this is a strategy simulation RPG, and I don't even know how to describe it. It looks like you're kind of it's kind of got a world view of uh, of everything. It also it almost looks like a a world sim. Uh, I, don't, I don't I don't even know. I don't even know. What do, what are you thinking on this? Well, that, that's My... the simulation part. Yeah. yeah. So it's a sim game of sorts. I don't know what what it's a sim of. You got the market, you got the laboratory as main building. So you're you're building a fantasy world or a fantasy city thing on top of a I don't know somewhere in the sky. Yeah, it's kind of like a floating island. Uh, let me yeah. just quickly read a description here. Middleborg City of Mages is a strategic adventure with elements of roguelike and resource management. You are crowned to be the chancellor. Of a city, but the power is uh, the power is Middleborg. Wait, what? Are you reading this description? <laughs> it's hard to read. Uh, but this is, but this power is Middleborg is the heart of this world. Wow, <laughs> and thousands of swords are aimed at it. Monsters, nomads, mercenaries, living dead, and rebellious spirits. Chaos does not sleep and besieges the universe. Collect resources. Yeah, so there's a lot of resource collecting. A lot of nerdy stuff that you would like. Uh, this is coming out July twenty fourth, and it's retailing at eight ninety nine US dollars. I slightly take back my comment on the nice looking UI. There is a weird blemish that I see here, and it is so weird that I gotta point out because it's ugly weird. Ugly. It's got some UI icons in there that look like a completely different art style. Ooh. And they are 3D rendering of 
and seemingly like 3D renderings that were from like Baldur's Gate style. <laughs> oh wow. Uh so it's it's just out of place. I don't know why it's there. I don't see any other kind of similar style in there, so it it sticks out. That raises a little bit of a of a quality attention to detail alarm, but you know what? If the game plays well, I can look over that. Yeah, and and it's it's fairly inexpensive. Eight ninety nine isn't too much to ask to look over. Yep. All right. Next, we have interrogation. You will be deceived. Um, this game is coming out July twenty eighth. I don't have a cost associated with it, but it definitely looks like a um. It's it's the genre is simulation adventure strategy RPG. It very much looks like a visual novel with some detective work. Let me see if I can read the description here, and hopefully it makes sense. Interrogate suspects and manage your police unit. How far will you go to stop criminals? Manipulation, threats, torture. Does the end justify the means? So basically, you're you're set out on this... Um, you're, you're, again, you're a police detective, and you gotta, you gotta deal with terrorists, you gotta deal with all this, all, all this stuff, uh, but it's set up in a way where you're doing, it looks like you're doing interrogations, you're, you're constantly doing that, um, questioning back and forth, so there's gotta be some branching narratives there, um, but, and then you also have kind of like the, the red string yarn, I'm looking at this one specific, um, screenshot here, where it's kind of got a board up, and you have, like, pictures and red strings associated with it, um, so, I'm not entirely sure how that works out or what, what they're trying to do there, but there is that. If you're into some sort of visual novels, it does have that kind of monochrome type of look to it. Yeah. Except but, for red. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, except for red. It does have the monochrome plus red. <laughs> White, black, and red. The tried and true. All right. Again, like I said, there is no... Um, price associated with that. July 30th, we're going to get Sentinels of Freedom. I have some mixed review uh, feelings about, about this game. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to be that good. So here we go. Description. Create your hero, lead your team, and save the world in this exciting new turn-based strategy. Pre <laughs> prepare for your story-driven campaign with Sentinel comics universe as you join forces with the ever-growing team of heroes to face a wide variety of villains. What seems like a typical bank heist reveals itself to be just the beginning of a much more sinister plan. Create your hero, gather your team, and save the world in this exciting new turn-based strategy. So it looks like it's trying to put itself or pit itself into some sort of comic book universe. Um, it just... I don't know. I I don't think it just. I don't think it executes that because it's, it's it's just all over the place, right? Are are you are you are you seeing this? Are you agreeing with me? I'm trying not to gag. It's yeah. bad. Yeah, it's 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 not good. It's not good. Uh, so the character models just look don't, awful. Don't look good at all. Um, they they are. If you look at the screenshots. All the characters, all, all the, the humanoid-looking characters, they're not in a T-pose, but they're all in a T-pose. They're all standing the, the same. The same With the same. hands down, 
on their side, but not like resting on their hips. They're like a little bit levitated up above that. Like it's it's not the T pose, but it's a form of a T pose, and they're all in the same position. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm not seeing any video of this, so we are just seeing what, what again some stills here. And I'm trying to find something that Oof. I like that I like about it. Maybe I, I maybe some of the UI, some of the UI, not all of it. It's ugly. It's kind of got that comic book. It's not in Comic Sans. You might as well have just done that. But oh, the, the UI, the UI is actually nice, except until you get to the point where they have information overload, where they're like throwing in every single little tiny descriptive thing right in there possible but yeah. that's the ui is actually like the best part of this some of the ui yeah i'd have to agree most of the yeah most of the ui is acceptable but for the rest of the game i don't know i'm not sure about this one july 30th again no price on it um and the download size what um the, what the, uh, I'm on DekuDeals.com. This is where I get a lot of my information. I don't know if this is correct, but it does say that the download size is is 8.8 .8 gigabytes. Wow! Uh, that really okay. that really kind of surprises me. Maybe, I don't... maybe these cutscenes are voice acted. Okay. <laughs> you know what this looks like? This looks like a poor man's Freedom Force. Yeah. This looks exactly like that. Now. If this was as good as Freedom Force is, sign me up. I love Freedom Force. Freedom Force and Freedom Force 2 are incredible games that I feel so bad that they don't exist anymore and that the company that made them is dead. But those are great. And this is this the people that made this are definitely they've played Freedom Force cuz this looks straight out of Freedom Force, even even the the UI, the styling of the UI. This is straight up Freedom Force land. Right. The, the ability to create your own hero, superhero, right? That's Freedom Force stuff. One, Freedom Force 101, right? So, this is Freedom Force, made Not, by Freedom Force fans. I'm just, it just doesn't look like it's Freedom Force quality. Yeah. Can I say Freedom Force came out like 10 years ago and looks better than this? Can I, can I say Force that? It came out like almost 20 years ago. Was it 20 years ago? <laughs> yeah. Freedom Force is old. Oh my gosh. All right, can I say that? Oh, yes. Okay, I was saying, yeah, 20, um, 2002. Holy cow. Can I say it, yeah. looks, can I say it looks better? Dreamforce <laughs> looks better than this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that was an EA game. Why doesn't EA bring that back? Well, EA may have published it, but who actually made it was Irrational. So and, these are like top-notch people, yeah. or used to be. Irrational is the same people that made uh, Bioshock. Oh? Huh? Irrational. Irrational Games. Yep, yep, yep. So they, they were clearly a talented studio. Right. But yeah, that is going to be it for the upcoming week for RPG releases. We got some good ones, we got some bad ones, and we got some in between. Huh. Uh, but And that's going to wrap up today's episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. And thank you for everyone who sent in their questions and comments. Keep them coming. Remember, you can listen to the show each and every week at switchrpg.com, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you listen on an app, please give us a rating and review. 
we want to climb up those charts on those platforms so your support there would be amazing and finally remember you can head over to switchrpg.com for all your rpg needs on the nintendo switch until next time see you around